This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7, a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. I win. <laughs> I win. Still celebrating, are you? On fire. Because <laughs> I win. Yes, I'm a winner. East Strick on the block. I am a winner, but I'm here with my partner, Boxster. It is an East Streaky's tippy type of hour at the 5 o'clock hour. We are here on the block, 93.7, the ticket, the ticketfm.com every day, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7, in studio. Man, it's how long has it been now, Bach? Two weeks I've been in studio? Yeah, it feels like maybe. It feels like ever, forever now, right? Yeah. yeah but it's been about two weeks. It's in the middle... Well, no, it's been about a month now. Yeah, it feels yeah, like a, a little month. longer. But then, you know, in and out because you were out of on vacation and so I had to yeah, that's I had was. to take Nate dog for, you know, <laughs> a week and a half. How or did so. that go? Did that, that go pretty well? I never asked. Yeah, I mean it was really good. I thought we had great engagement. I thought the text line at times was on fire. Yeah, Nate said some crazy stuff. Oh man. Listen, it, it, it felt like the person that when you uh, let me let me say let me just say it like this. It felt like he was. Um, what's the guard uh, from Minnesota that everybody the controversial guard? The on basketball. Yeah. Uh, Defensive guy Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Nick was the Patrick Ver- Beverly of on the block, <laughs> where he might say he might just say something that'll throw you to the left and 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 lit the lit the. Text line on fire. Fair enough. But, yeah, no, it was cool. But he got traded to the Jazz, by the way. He's part of that Rudy Gobert trade. Oh. Where they gave up, like, all their assets, all the assets? for Rudy get Gobert. Out, get up out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now, the talk out there in the town is that um, Kevin Durant won't get nearly as much. Some people are throwing rumors out there basically saying that Kevin Durant to the Lakers for AD and two first-rounders. That's idiotic, but hey, Brooklyn may do it. I I have no clue about that. I well, think Brooklyn's in a tough spot. I don't know what they're going to do yeah. to get anything out of this. Uh, it sounds like Kyrie really wants to go to the Lakers one way or the other. <sighs> but anyway, we've got some things out there that we need to give away here That's on right. the block. Block, block. Tell us about on the block giveaway. Well, tomorrow night you got the Lincoln Salt Dogs and the Kansas City Monarchs. Uh, uh, Monarchs, excuse me, playing at Haymarket Park. 7.05 will be the first pitch. And we got four tickets for you and a VIP parking pass. All you got to do is win it right here. I think we'll just go. What was your number? 21? Caller number 21? Uh, caller number 21. No, that's too many. To too many. I w- <laughs> hey, listen, I was number six oh, in, there we go. in football. I was, call- I was number six, and I caught everything. So if you want to catch these tickets, if it was thrown in my area, it was caught. But if you want to catch these four tickets and a parking pass, be the sixth caller on the block, and you will get them handed over to you. Well, actually passed over to you, like Casey Thompson's going to be passing to some great receivers this year. There we go. Yeah, call in right now. 402-464-5685. Caller number six uh, in remembrance of Strick's 
football career will win these uh, tickets to see some Salt Dogs baseball against the Monarchs. Uh, and, of course, we've had some fun in the Salt Dogs Park recently. You were uh, on D- uh, BP with DP. BP. You got some good hits out there. The second, I will say this, the second time the through. The second time yeah. through. The first time was uh, a little uh, suspect. Hey, but you, it's like riding a bike, right? If you haven't rode a bike in a long time, you kind of got to just kind of figure out the balance or skate it. Like, if yeah. you, you know, you're oh, used, skating, you're skating yeah. you know, you, you know, you're used to kind of getting on. You, once you get, then you get the rhythm. <laughs> you start just kind of moseying around. You, oh, you start hitting. Then you go a little in and out. Then you turn around and do a little backwards. That's how it was. It just felt like it was getting back. Can you skates. skate? Can you can skate, skate backwards? Yeah, I didn't, I don't understand it. I'm too. I'm just not uh, probably athletic enough or whatever it takes to. No, be it's just a little sliding of the feet in yeah. and out like a duck. <laughs> you know, just a little ducky feet. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. That might not have been a good way to explain it. But nonetheless, we're going to talk about <laughs> the Husker meat on the inside, on the interior. Have been dropping some meat. And they're no longer Husker beef, but they're Husker lean. Right now, the Husker linemen have been losing some weight. We got Henry uh, Litovsky, who went from 330 to 310. Trent Hickson. I can understand Trick Hit, Trick Hinson. Trent Hickson. That's tipsy uh, Thursday. Yeah. I can understand Trent Hickson dropping from 320 to 305. And, and, and look, let's be real. He had to be watching Cam Jurgens. He's probably one of the most excited linemen right now coming in, watching what Cam Jurgens did. He's like, I need to be lean. I watched this guy on film get downfield like he was a freaking running back. Yeah. And so he dropped, he dropped you know, well, I watched 15 that, pounds. I watched that Oklahoma game. I rewatched it the other day. He got penalized a few times for being tough, but, oh, man, was that That's fun sad. to watch. That's so sad. He was driving guys still like 40 think, yards downfield. I, I still think the Kenny Bell – hit oh yeah that they called the penalty on was one of the most ludicrous penalties and Husker faithful will know what I'm talking about when Kenny Bell just literally downfield laid somebody out and it wasn't his he did it right he was head in front laid the cat out but anyway it, it, it's soft in football nowadays but these these Husker linemen lean are going to be mean so Brock Bando Came in at a lean 295, under 300 from 315. Bryce Benhart dropped down from 330 to 315. And one lineman, Teddy Prochaska. Prochaska. Gosh, dang it. Teddy Prochaska, he gained weight. Now, here's the possibility with that, but I'm going to let you talk first, and I'm going to break that down. But he went from 305 to 320, the Elkhorn South South sophomore. uh, That is the hopefully the starting with health pending the starting uh, right tackle. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, you have to, uh, you know, you have to take each one of these uh, cases individually. And that kind of reminded me, too, uh, when we talked to the the Sunday Morning Pancakes crew, um, they were kind of saying the same thing. There's not one, like, rule of what they're working on in the weight room uh, that everybody's just trying to get um, bigger or everybody's trying to get smaller. It depends on the guy and what he's working with personally. And so that's why you see kind of Prohaska going the opposite way there is, is they want to bulk him up. They want to get him bigger. Um, he's definitely uh, athletic. He looked that type, but he did look like he, you know, he was with, too his, lean. with his frame, he six, could, eight. Yeah. He could get he bigger, get a little bigger. Yeah. And by the way, he's listed at six ten now. Um, get out of here, big. bro. You know, he's a young guy still growing. He's 6'10 uh, now? He's 6'10. Bryce he Benhart. He needs to be 350, my boy. The other Minimal. tackle, Bryce Benhart, is listed at 6'9. So they got a couple NBA power Ooh. forward centers out there. Uh, we, need <laughs> to be, hey, we need to be moving some straight weight. I mean, there need to be holes the size, or they need to be locking down that edge the size of a freaking car. Yeah. With as big as those boys are. 
Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Like you said, Bryce Binhart down um, to 315. Maybe that can kind of help him. He, you know, he was struggling last year along with Torner Corcoran uh, at tackle, maybe leaning, you know, getting a little bit more lean. He can kind of keep up a little bit more with those edge rushers. Um, Prohaska, uh, it's crazy how much uh, belief there is. Uh, I, I wouldn't say belief because, I mean, you, you, you can kind of see it, right? I mean, I think Dominic Riola, uh, I think for, if, I, if I remember right, Sipple told me that Dominic Riola basically watched one quarter of, of Teddy Prosk and said that, that guy's good. That my guy might be a next level player. Um, and I, that's about all that we've seen of him though, is he yeah. kind of dominated against Northwestern. Take that for what it's worth. Had kind of a quarter the next week and got hurt and was out for the season. And so you're kind of slight glimmer of hope there out there at tackle um, faded last season. Uh, he's the big hope, but uh, maybe even more importantly is that it, it you know, maybe if he can kind of live up to expectations, that's one thing. But you still need that other side. So Bryce Benhart's got to get a lot better out yeah, there no as doubt. he's expected. And, and then Turner Corcoran, uh, I think the expectation no, move is, him inside. is to move inside. Yes, yeah. Lord, please. Move him inside. <laughs> Struggled on the outside yeah. last year, big time. I mean, I would love to see him be able to redeem himself, but I would much rather see him inside and, and, and leave that whole outside situation alone. We already have enough problems to worry about. But – um. It's good to have a guy that's but the versatility that can right. Do it. If you yeah. need a backup or a guy to yeah. spot in from time to time, but again, the the tackle that you know, Pro Football Focus, you don't have to you don't have to rely on stats. You can see it with your eyes. But Pro Football Focus rated Nebraska's pass protection among the worst last year. Yeah, no question. Yeah, um, there's also been a move. Um, you know, Brody Tagaloa happened to you know at 260 pounds was recruited as a defensive lineman. In 2022 class is now listed at 6'3", 260 pounds. And guess where he's playing? Tight end. Mm. He's moved over to the tight end side. I mean, I think it's just to create a little bit more depth. I mean, that's one of the areas that they've had a little bit of problem. I think if they want to get some running done, you know, if he can get out there and be a good blocking tight end on that edge and maybe even catch a couple drag routes or a couple, you know, uh, you know, because guys like that who is on the scouting report, they're not they're, – when they line up, guess what, guess what most defenses are saying? He is uh, he's a run blocker. Mm-hmm. And if he has any type of hands to where he can put his hands on balls in the red zone or something like that, I mean, you can run just some just some great delays with a guy like him and find him wide open in the middle because scouting reports are not going to – I think those are good things and good looks for a guy like uh, Brady uh, Tugaloa. Yeah, I'm interested. I I didn't uh, I didn't look up to see if he's got a uh, like a, a history of playing that in, in college. Like you said, there's been a, or excuse me in high school. There's a bit of a injury situation popping up there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's good to get some more depth. Yeah, I wonder if that's a, is that a long term thing or is that um, just kind of where you need some depth? And you kind of figured he was uh, behind um, a few of the other names at defensive line. We'll we'll kind of see how that plays out. But uh, you know, a lot of these guys, we kind of think of athletes. Uh, I suppose that athlete mold as a guy that's like, all right, well, he can play running back or wide receiver. He can put him at defensive back. But, you know, the bigger guys are athletes, too, and, and, can, and, and yeah. can, can play multiple positions. Sometimes that's hurt Nebraska in the past where they wanted Noah Fant to be a defensive end. He doesn't want to play defensive end. He wants to be a tight end. Yeah, they've they've missed on that from time to time too. But um, uh, here, at least, reading it initially as a young guy, um, haven't seen him too much on the field. So you'd have to think this is more for depth than uh, a ground shaking. You know, your new starting tight end or anything. But it's of note for sure. No question. Some of the things that's been out there, a lot of fake news. There's been some fake news out there, basically stating that Clemson and and uh, Florida State are on their way to the SEC. Fake news. Um, but let's let's really be honest about it right now. Um, 
there needs to be some discussion about this because it can happen, possibly. It didn't happen as it was stated, but it can still happen. You've got to you've got to figure that teams are going to be well f- first of all we're, we we've been talking about it here that you've been looking at super teams how big the super teams or super conferences are going to be is going to depend on a few things how big they want to be how fast they want to get there what are some of the ramifications for getting there too fast um starting slow building up to it um there's a lot of those things to consider but when you look at the ACC you really have to think about, is the ACC a viable conference? Why is that? The, the, it breaks down to this. Big brand programs equal big television contracts. So you know, I tweeted today a little bit earlier, Deion Sanders had a song out called, Must Be the Money. And, and Deion Sanders? Did. Yeah, he had a song out called, you know, Must Be the Money. I didn't know he had a song. Yeah. And uh, in that, we're looking at these super conferences, and, and it basically comes down to it must be the money. The Big Ten and SEC basically are bringing in, right now as we speak, without any additions, 80 to $100 million a year, according to reports, right? So the big brand, brand programs, the additions of big names, your Notre Dames, the additions of a Florida State in the football realm. See, right now, we're talking football. Basketball right now is not moving the needle mm-hmm. in, in any fashion. It's just right? not as much money. It's just not there in the same mass in the same mass in the money. So football is moving the needle. Pac-10, USC, and UCLA landing of that LA market could shift the Big Ten definitely towards the, you know, uh, close to the billion dollar range potentially. You know, five hundred million to a billion. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay that mm-hmm. on the line. Those two market additions. You know, if the SEC lands a Clemson and a Florida State, you could possibly looking at them kind of going up into that same range. So I've got to think that the big bar, the big brands and the big markets, your Florida State, Miami, Clemson, North Carolina, you get basketball with North Carolina too, but I just don't think the SEC will take that. Um, I think they're looking more to the the football aspects with Florida State. Rumors are that maybe Miami may not want to go right now. Rumors, that's allegedly. But they could be open to being landed. But I think Clemson is the closest to going to the SEC right now. I think the reason being is, again, it's the money. ACC right now, they only land about $40 million. Pac-12 schools without L.A. is only at about $30 million. So you're talking about a 60 to 80, just right now as it sits, 60 to $80 million discrepancy. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, yeah, why yeah. I don't think the ACC can keep it going. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because their rights, a lot of the television rights are through ESPN, who also has the television rights of SEC coming up. So you might be able to kind of have an easier pathway. You still have the land of, uh, uh, was it, the, the Grant, I'm thinking the land of Grant Trophy. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, no, the, the Grant the land grant, rights or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, the rights, um, where they got to pay basically almost $100 million in fees. Yeah, to get out of the, the conference yeah. until 2035, I believe. Um, so you kind of got a waiting period there. Uh, but the reports are, I mean, I, at this point, that's just kind of where we are. It was that report from Swim Swam, which is like apparently covers, uh, you know, swimming, but they only have like 5,000 followers. Somehow it blew up. And not just somehow, it's because it's believable at this point. Like that seems like the next logical move for the SEC if they're saying, okay, we made our move, the Big Ten responded. 
now it's our turn. Let's make our move uh, as we continue toward these super conferences. There's a possibility that this stays at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 I guess what everybody's kind of saying right now is that the Big Ten isn't out here offering Georgia Tech or Oregon and Washington or waiting. It's it's all waiting on Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the big prize, and they understand that, and that's that's true too. I mean, if you look at the Clemsons and the Florida States and the Oregons and the Washingtons and all that. Those are great brands, but they're not Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So the Big Ten's really kind of putting a lot, you know, you say all their apples in on Notre Dame, I suppose, uh, which I don't know if eventually that will uh, play out. Um, you, you hope so if you're, in a, if you're a Big Ten fan, because I do think the SEC eventually, I mean, the, the shock and awe of the Texas-Oklahoma thing has passed. Uh, I think eventually they do move in on the ACC and try to just really take over uh, the southeastern part of, of the United States, which is where college football is its craziest. It's the most loyal, the most interested, again, um, competing with the Big Ten markets. And, and that's important because Big Ten has not won the same type of games on the field as uh, as uh, the uh, the Southeastern Conference, but um, the the care is there, the interest is there, the dollars are there, um, and so that can kind of continue. But I think that gets lost among the shuffle as we talk about who's grabbing this team and who's grabbing that team, especially if the ACC grabs Florida State and Clemson. Particularly, you just look at the last twenty years. That's everybody. That's everybody that's winning titles uh, outside of Ohio State one year and uh, in USC, you know, back in the Pete Carroll era. But it's, uh, you know, USC's taken quite a hit since then. Yeah, it's it's not much out there, but there's a lot of money out there. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, we still don't know how it's going to play out and pan out, but we're going to keep our eyes on it on the block. We're going to have to go take a break. Coming up next, we'll have Cluster Johnson join us to talk a little bit about recruiting there you know mickey joseph and how things were and what some of the contrast maybe be may be between him and coach brown and what he's been able to land thus far we'll be right back on the block at 93.7 the ticket the ticket right after these messages 